Hi everyone, I'm Gary Nall. Today we're going to share a lot of information, a lot of brand new insights, and more than anything else today, I'm going to begin the process over the next five days of taking each major piece of the current pandemic and deconstructing it with proper peer-reviewed scientific literature. All that I'm going to be sharing comes from some of the finest, most respected scientific and medical minds in the world. These are not my opinions. Also today, I will challenge something that Tucker Carlson said and has said on many occasions concerning his climate change uh, views. We will be sending Tucker Carlson over 100 studies today from peer-reviewed literature showing that as humans, not normal freezing and warming cycles, it's human activity that has caused us to be at this point in our evolution. Hopefully, he will pay attention to it, he will look at it, and realize that on this topic, he has been wrong. Also today, we continue to bail out the banks non-stop, the major industries. What if I told you that global banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase, invested $1.9 trillion in fossil fuel since the Paraclimate Pact? That's correct, they did. I'll give you the information. And then there's something called the reset, or the fourth industrial revolution. It's been going on slowly, quietly for a long time. It is now in full force, and what you're about to experience will dwarf any pain or problem you faced up to this point. I'm just preparing you for this and what you should know, so if you choose to become aware, you can push back on it. In fact, my program this evening will be the most comprehensive you have ever heard anywhere on this topic. I'll be interviewing probably the wisest person I know in the United States on the Great Reset. She is Allison McDowell, M-C-D-O-W-E-L-L. -L. She is an independent researcher, currently investigating the background and specifics on the World Economic Forum strategies behind the Great Reset. So we're going to talk about the dark underbelly of what is coming from COVID, not, be, not COVID itself. COVID, COVID is the pandemic has already passed us. People will still die. Lots have died. It is a serious virus. I'll be giving you positive information about what you can do to protect yourself from becoming infected and if you are infected. But... They have used the pandemic for the Great Reset. I'll tell you tonight at 7 o'clock on Progressive Commentary Hour who they are. I'm going to name their names, their companies, and specifically how they're using everything that's happening to control everything in your life. You doubt me? I'll be playing a clip from NBC today in a few moments where they're now openly talking about like it's a good thing. Do you think it's a good thing? I think it's a terrible thing. I think this is Nazi Germany in 1936. Read your history, you'll know why. That was such an important year for people to have made moves and didn't. And look at the consequences. Well, we have moves that we have to make now or you will be swept up. Do you think the culture... Council, the cancel culture is an accident? Do you think it's just random individuals making statements? Do you think that major institutions are changing how everything is taught, what is being taught, that that's merely happenstance? This is all part of the Great Reset. That will be an hour you will not, under any circumstances, want to miss because it will impact you. I don't care what your politics, your religion, your ethnicity, your age, I don't care anything about you, this will still impact you. 
you're not going to be protected. So, talk about a serious topic. <laughs> that's a serious topic, and that's tonight. But we always start with something that is within our power. I keep suggesting you take curcumin, cure, C-U-R, C-U-M-I-N. Thousands upon thousands of studies of why it's beneficial to help prevent cancer, to turn off pain, to help you if you have Alzheimer's, dementia, if you have arthritis or heart disease, it helps with all those conditions. It's a massive anti-inflammatory. This is just the latest study. This is out of China, and it helps prevent bone fractures. By the way, that's a very common injury to bones that leads to various biophysiological changes and pathological responses in the body. The current study investigated curcumin for treatment of bone fracture in this rat model, a bone trauma, and it found that very, very positive impact curcumin had. So for those of you who want to have healthy bones, for those of you who've been athletic, and all that running, all that basketball, up and down, the tennis, all these impact your bones. And when you overdo it in a negative way, so curcumin should be on your agenda every day. It was 20 years ago that I did a very important study. For me, it was important. I won't go into it again because I've mentioned it many times. Five groups, 100 in each group. We met at the Jewish Center. It was for six months. We met every week, three hours. Tremendous amount of input. Some of the finest minds were guests. And where we gave in-depth instruction on stress management, relaxation responses, on nutrition, on supplementation, and on exercise. But the most important one, the only one that had a positive outcome, was on behavior modification. That had remarkable results. From that, I then made all of my protocols in all of the clinical studies, including the recently uh, finished anti-aging studies, based upon behavior. I also found that even when people think that they're okay being overweight, they're not. And hence, you've heard me say many times that there is no such thing as a person being able to be healthy if they're overweight. You may not feel or notice the chronic inflammation, but it's occurring. This is just the latest validation of that. This is today from Harvard Medical School. Quote, obesity impairs immune cell function. So according to a recent study, according to Harvard Medical School, high-fat diets, that's your average American's diet, allow cancer cells to outcompete immune cells for fuel. That impairs immune function and accelerates tumor growth in my studies. This is done by cancer cells rewiring their metabolisms to increase fat consumption, and blocking the rewiring enhances anti-tumor immunity. So over the years, being overweight has been linked to an increase of all types of cancer, as well as the, a worse prognosis and survival. Obesity-related processes have been identified that drive tumor growth such as metabolic changes and chronic inflammation. But a detailed understanding of the mechanisms between obesity and cancer remains unknown. This was published in the Distinguished Perigernal Cell, and it just helps us understand one piece of this puzzle. And it's simply this, that if you want to prevent cancer, you have to lose weight and get down to your ideal body weight and keep it there, no matter what sacrifices, no matter what deprivations of your favorite foods or drink, no matter how sedentary you are and how comfortable you are, you have to get the weight off by exercising and caloric restriction. Otherwise, you are, in effect, crippling the CD8 T cells, which are critical immune cells inside of tumors, this happens because cancer cells can reprogram their metabolism in response to increased fat. And so you want to have a healthy immune system. When you're overweight, you don't. It's that simple. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Also, 
from Fudan University in China comes to study one thousands on tens of thousands on green tea in the peer-reviewed literature. The extract EGCG, that's the active component in green tea, plays a dual role in amyloid beta 42 protofibril disruption and membrane protection. In lay language, it means that when you have a glass of green tea or you take a supplement of green tea, you're helping to protect your brain from amyloid beta plaque. When that little tiny white plaque begins to dot your brain, that's what leads to dementia. Now also, I've been asked many times, what can help boost testosterone? Here is the best information that I can provide you. Deaspartic acid. A-S-P-A-R-T-I-C, aspartic, deaspartic acid. And it, it works by increasing follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. This is important because luteinizing hormone makes the Leydig cells in the testes produce more testosterone. So that is important. It was found that just as little as 12 days of L-aspartic acid increases luteinizing hormone as well as testosterone production and transportation around the body. It also improves sperm quality and production. One 90-day study gave D-aspartic acid to men with impaired sperm production. Sperm count doubled, rising to 8 million sperm per milliliter to 16, doubling it. Also vitamin D. One study found a close correlation between vitamin D deficiency and low testosterone. So when practitioners spent more time in summer sun, their vitamin Ds increased, so did their testosterone levels. Also, you have an herb. It is called tribulus, T-R-I-B-U-L-U-S, terra, T-E-R-E, stridus, S-T-R-I-S. Now, what's important about this herb, it's been used for centuries in traditional medicines. Most of the current research on it consists of animal studies which show improved sex drive and increased testosterone levels. One 90-day study in men with erectile dysfunction found taking tribulus improved self-reported ratings of sexual health and increased testosterone levels by 16%. You also have fenugreek, F-E-N-U, G-R-E-E-K, fenugreek is another popular uh, herb-based testosterone booster. Research shows it may work by reducing the enzymes that convert testosterone into estrogen. Both free and total testosterone levels increased in the fenugreek group, whereas the group that only weight training actually experienced slight decline. Those who took fenugreek also experienced greater increase in fat loss and strength. It increased the libido by 81%. It improved sexual performance by 66%. Gave greater energy levels by 81%. And improved well-being by 56%. Then you have ginger. Lots of studies have shown ginger has a positive effect on testosterone levels and sexual functioning. One 30-day study found ginger increased testosterone and luteinizing hormone in diabetic rats. Another study showed testosterone levels nearly doubled. This was in rats. And a third study found greater increases in testosterone, doubling that when they had uh, ginger. One study in humans, 75 infertile men were given a daily ginger supplement. After three months, they experienced a 17% increase in testosterone levels in their levels of luteinizing hormone. That doubled. Also DHEA. It plays a role in boosting testosterone and controlled estrogen levels. And it's based on a biological effect. DHE levels become extremely popular as an anti-aging nutrient, by the way. And out of all the testosterone-boosting supplements, DHEA has the best and most extensive research behind it. Generally, at about 50 milligrams a day, can boost testosterone by up to 20%. Zinc also is known as as important 
mineral for helping over a hundred different chemical processes in your body. One study measured its association found that restricting zinc intake from foods lowered testosterone in healthy men, as expected, zinc supplements uh, increased testosterone level. In elite wrestlers, taking zinc each day had helped reduce the decline in testosterone levels following a four-week training session. You also have ashwagandha, A-S-H-W-A-G-A-N-D-H-A. It's primarily used as an adaptogenic herb, meaning it helps your body handle stress and anxiety. One study tested its benefits on sperm quality in infertile men who received five grams per day over a three-month period. The men in the study had a 22% increase in testosterone levels. In addition, the partners of 14 of the participants became pregnant. Also, you can... Well, I'll say that for another day. I want to show people how to stimulate their human growth factor. That's a really important anti-aging piece of advice. We are 16 minutes in our program. That's the latest on health and healing. I want to give you a few things on environmental issues. If we care about the environment, we have to all care about the environment. And yet, after all the demonstrations around the world, if you remember at the time, I certainly praised and supported uh, Greta, the young. She started at 16, and, uh, and now she thinks she's 17, I believe now. And she became a world phenomena where her words were accurate and accurate. Everything else was a promotion, a public relations campaign. Her parents, a lot of other people, whole groups were behind this. And I said at the time, we should not conflate the importance of an issue that needs to be addressed and supported with the fact that you get Friday off and everybody goes out and doesn't have to be in class. That doesn't mean you have all those students now going home and saying, no more animal proteins. Let's buy local and organic. So... And that's, unfortunately, change has to come at the local level, not just through these wonderful conferences that the same people get invited to. Look, I said at the time, when Davos, the most corrupt, vile, evil people in the world, Bono, the Clintons, Bill Gates, all of these clowns, they go together through their own arrogance and narcissism as if they have the right to control the entire world and everything in it. None were elected. That's just how, that's how obscenely indifferent they are. But these are also the top bankers. So what have they done individually to contribute to a lessening of global warming? How about nothing? Nothing. In fact, the people who go to these conferences, and they invited Greta, so when, when the people who control the world invite you to talk and give you a standing ovation, they own you. They've controlled the message. You're just the innocent face of it. Wow, how dumb people were. Nobody could wrap their minds around how you can use an innocent person and manipulate them for your own economic causes, knowing no one's going to do anything because they control the government. Has our government, did, did Obama, did Clinton... Did Bush, Sr., Bush, Jr., Trump do anything? Trump is the worst president in American history on all levels and the most anti-environmental of all presidents. But right behind him is Barack Obama. Behind him's guess who? Bill Clinton and his vice president. Well, none of them have done a single thing except exploit the environment. But then they had the banks. J.P. Morgan. This is the latest. This is from Sharon Kelly. Desmond blog, quote, a report published names the banks that have played the biggest single role in funding fossil fuel projects. That's hydrofracking, that's, that's, uh, that's all your oil and gas. Finding that since 2016, immediately following the Paris Agreement adoption, 33 global banks have poured $1.9 trillion into financing climate-changing projects worldwide, 
top four banks that invest most heavily in fossil fuel projects are all based in the United States. Wells Fargo, Citi, Bank of America, and J.P. Morgan. Royal Bank of Canada, Barclays in Europe, Japan's MUFG, TD Bank, Scotta Bank, and Mizuha make up the remaining 10. So just remember that when you have flooding in the United States, as we did last year, massive flooding of farmland, and uh, then look throughout other countries, look at the tropical cyclone that occurred. All these different places were impacted by global warming, and yet none of these banks, none of these organizations, none of these governments are doing anything. So you have to know what the problem is, and the problem is that we've trusted the people who are profiting off of global warming, and they're going to continue to do that. So we have to become involved. And this is something also. This is from the New Republic, Emily Atkin, Climate Change and the Death of the Small Farm. The catastrophic flooding in the Midwest is forcing more farmers to consider a stark choice, either quit or consolidate. Sometimes you had a bad year. That's always been the reality of being a farmer or rancher. The business of growing crops and raising animals for profit requires two crucial elements for success that are out of the farmer's control, good weather and good government policy. No one enters the agricultural profession thinking that every, re every season is going to be a success. But farmers and ranchers, particularly in the Midwest, have had more than just a bad year or two. Wisconsin's dairy farms are in crisis, having lost about half of their net income between 2011 and 18. They're now shutting down at a record rate due to low milk prices, overproduction, and President Donald Trump's trade war with China and Mexico. That war has also caused billions in combined losses in Iowa soybean, corn, and hog farms. Nebraska farmers lost between $700 million and $1 billion in income last year. Minnesota farmers' farmer income fell 8%, making 2018 the worst year since the farm crisis of the 1980s. And now the Midwest has been hit with historic devastating floods, excessive snowmelt and rainfall, Notably, the bomb cycle two weeks ago have caused fast yields of corn, soy, and other crops to be washed away. Countless hogs, calves, and chickens have been killed. I was estimated loss at $1.6 billion. Nebraska, $1.3 billion. But the over-damage is hard to calculate because the floodwaters haven't receded. I spoke about that at the time, and remember at the time I said, these farmers have no savings. They borrow money through different uh, farmers' credit unions in order to buy seed, to buy their, or fix their, their turbine, uh, their, their uh, major harvesting and planting equipment. They have fuel costs that are rising. So they can't have a flood, and yet flooding they had historic, the worst ever. Seven states were just completely saturated. It got so bad that all the planning that had been done was destroyed. And then because it was so late in the season, they couldn't plant another crop because then the frost would have come in the, in the fall, this fall. So they went a whole year without crops. So imagine the hundreds of thousands of farmers. Have you seen a story about their plight? Have you seen a campaign to help them? Have we seen marches and demonstrations for these hundreds of thousands of victims? Nothing. Total crickets. Silence. So what do you do when you're in that predicament? More often than not, <clears throat> if you have nothing else, you lose it. These people are now went from having farms to being homeless frequently, losing their farms, losing their income, losing their way of life. But if you live in any of the cities that can get food from other places, you don't pay attention to it. You're going to get your peaches, plums, nectarines in January from South America or from, from Australia or from New Zealand or from South Africa where it's their summer. So we care more about what we have in front of us in this moment than looking at the larger picture to see how we are integrated into what happens around the world. 
I believe that we have to have a whole new environmental movement. I've given up on the existing environmental movement in its entirety, from Bill McKibben and everyone else. I do not see them as the solution. I see them doing a lot for their own careers and book contracts. I don't see any changes. So we're going to have to have, we, you and I, are going to have to have a new strategy for making everything local because it is never in your lifetime, ever, under any circumstances, going to come from the corrupt government, Democrat or Republican. These are all, all the wrong people. And yet people still believe, well, the government, the government, the government. The government is the disease. The government is the metastasizing cancer. The federal government, the local government, your corrupt city council in New York City, the cesspool in Albany and in Trenton and in all the other states with a few exceptions, South Dakota, one of the exceptions. Montana, you have some good governance. But my God, it's... It's so easy to buy politicians. So, if you keep waiting for any change coming from the government, you're waiting for Godot. We're going to come back in a moment with some clips, some very ins insightful clips, and then I'm going to do a commentary, and then I'm going to share some real expert advice from someone who is at the top of the food chain when it comes to being recognized. We're going to start... Um, I just want to make sure that uh, Jesse got the latest clip, short clip from Lester Holt of NBC, and that's what we're going to come back with. And then a, it's a short clip. But this is the future. They're telling you right now, is this the future you want? Proving you've been vaccinated will be vital, and tech companies are designing ways to show it. Jolene Kent has more on that. With vaccines on the horizon, new health apps are springing to life. IBM and Clear, the tech company known for expediting security screenings at airports, are both creating new apps to take in real-time vaccination information. They could eventually be used for admission to concerts and live sports. So here's how it works. The app gives you a health pass to show before you go into big stadiums like this to streamline the process to make it safer and faster for you to get to your seat. It'll flash green if your health information meets requirements. A stadium or a venue would not see your personal health data. Everything is opt-in and you control your information. But how much information will Clear have even though the stadium may only see the green. It's a secure identity platform. We don't hold your health data. The LA Football Club, a major league soccer team, says HealthPass is part of their reopening plan next year. How much do you need technology like this to be able to fill these seats again? It's going to be a must. It's an expectation of government officials that ultimately will decide when and how we can bring fans back. We also want to know that when we get up to go to a concession stand, when we walk into the team store, that the other people that came through the gates and are here with us are also safe. For live events, Ticketmaster is exploring several options, including a smartphone verification system for vaccination status and negative tests. The Australian government has also said it may require proof of vaccination in the future for entry into the country. A glimpse into a vaccinated future and a new normal. Jolene Kent, NBC News, Los Angeles. Okay, so there you have it. We told you this a long time ago. You will be denied entry, they're saying there, and all these sporting venues. Then it'll go to movie theaters. It'll go to office buildings, federal office buildings, state office buildings. Corporations are now given the, the go-ahead that they can insist that an employee have a vaccine or be fired without consequence for cause. So where exactly does that leave the people who've chosen at this moment, even if they are pro-vaccine, they're not pro-this vaccine because this is the first ever experimental vaccine of its type. And we've already seen just in the first two days a minimum of 3,500 adverse effects. And knowing that only about one in nine, one in 10 adverse effects are actually reported, it could be 35,000. So you have to understand that 
we're just about to see over the next six months how safe or effective this is. But then we were told everything about the vaccine would be perfect for us, that if we took this vaccine, it would protect us. After all, isn't that the reason they want you to have this this ID? But now Bill Gates has said, and then it was cut out, edited out of his TED Talk. We found that, and we played it for you, that it's digital. So it'll be on your body. Or in some way, you can't do anything without it. You couldn't get on a subway or a bus. Everything will be screening you. So who's the expert? Let's say the British Medical Journal, one of the three most respected medical journals in the world, and it's Associate Editor Peter Doshi. I'm going to quote verbatim. I have posted this on PRN.fm, so you can go there yourself. You can download this and see, because everything I'm telling you, we have documented peer review support. Quote, The world has bet the farm on vaccines as the solution to the pandemic, but the trials are not focused on answering the questions many might assume they are. Dr. Peter Doshi reports as phase three trials of COVID-19 vaccine reached their target enrollments, officials have been trying to project calm. The U.S. coronavirus czar, Anthony Fauci, and the Food and Drug Administration leadership have offered public assurances that established procedures will follow be followed. Only a, quote, a safe and effective vaccine will be approved. They say in nine vaccine manufacturers issued a rare joint statement pledging not to prematurely seek regulatory review. But what will it mean exactly when a vaccine is declared effective? To the public, this seems fairly obvious. The primary goal of a COVID-19 vaccine is to keep people from getting very sick and dying. A national public radio broadcast said bluntly, Okay, good. I get the vaccine. After all, I'm personally, Gary and all, PhD, is personally pro-vaccine. I've always been pro-vaccine. And human nutrition, safe. If you use an ingredient that thousands of peer-reviewed journals and toxicology show is toxic, and toxic in the amounts that are in the vaccine that exceed any safety standard any governmental agency has, and that's what we did. I compared the amount of aluminum. I compared the amount of polysilverate 80, uh, polyurethane, excuse me, polypropane, and also uh, thimerosal to what the government standards of what is allowed in the body, every single vaccine exceeds toxic levels. Not just one toxic ingredient, all toxic ingredients. So how can they say it's safe when they've done no long-term studies to determine delayed uh, impact or subtle impacts? And they say it's effective. Against what? A saline solution? Vaccine? And then compare people for three years? They haven't done that. So in any case, back to what he is saying. Mind you, here's what's being quoted. The public thinks that when you get the vaccine, you'll be able to go to a ball game, be able to go anywhere. You're not infected. You can't get infected. You're safe. Peter Hotz, Dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine. That's down in Houston, by the way. Quote, ideally, you want an antiviral vaccine to do two things. First, reduce the likelihood you will get severely ill and go to the hospital. Two, to prevent infection, therefore interrupt disease transmission, end quote. Back to Dr. Peter Doshi, quote, Yet, the current phase three trials are not, I repeat, not actually set up to prove either one. None of the trials currently underway are designed to detect a reduction in any serious outcomes such as hospital admissions, the use of intensive care, or deaths. Nor are the vaccines being studied to determine whether they can interrupt transmission of the virus, meaning spreading from someone to someone. End quote. Quote, in a September interview, Medscape editor-in-chief Eric Topol pondered what counts as a recorded event 
in the vaccine trials. Quote, we're not talking about just a PCR polymerase chain reaction test positive mild infection. It has to be moderate to severe illness to qualify as an event, correct? That's right, concurred his guest, Paul Offit, vaccinologist who sits on the FDA advisory committee that may ultimately recommend vaccine licensure. But that's not right. In all the ongoing phase three trials for which details have been released, laboratories confirmed infections, even with only mild symptoms, qualify as meeting the primary endpoint definition. In Pfizer and Moderna's trials, for example, people with only a cough and positive laboratory tests would bring those trials one event closer to completion. So part of the reason may be numbers. And then it goes into it. So they're not testing. No one has tested in any of these vaccines. Will it prevent you from getting COVID? Will it prevent you from spreading COVID? Will it prevent you from going to a hospital? Will it prevent you from being seriously ill? Will it prevent you from dying? None of that was tested for. You have been lied to. You've been conned. You've been gamed. You've been played. And shame on the people in the mainstream media and even on Pacifica who continue to be the biggest promoters of vaccines. Then my God, do your homework. If you can't do a little scholarship, then stay out of the debate. If you can do that homework and you want to come on and debate, I'm happy to have any person who is pro-vaccine on here. They will be treated with dignity and respect. They will not be attacked, but their issues will be challenged because we've done our scholarship. We've done our homework. That's just one person, but it gets worse. How could that possibly get worse? Well, got to understand a few things. Do you remember when we were telling you that there is a drug that's been approved by the FDA that has cost 50 bucks to use for whole treatment that can stop the coronavirus, can kill the coronavirus, can keep you from going to hospital if you're in hospital, can prevent you from dying in many cases? We were told there were no studies. We were told that there were some studies that were dangerous. Those dangerous studies were all, were all rejected. They had to be retracted. They were plants. We caught them. But now there's 177 studies on just one of those. Hydroxychloroquine. Today, Volume 56, Issue 6, the highly respected International Journal of Antimicrobial Agents, with multiple authors, had this to say. I'm quoting verbatim, and this is published. I have sent this over to PRN.FM because everything I share with you is not my opinion. This is from peer review, highly respected virologists, microbiologists, and immune experts. Quote, COVID-19 outpatients, early risk stratified treatment with zinc plus low-dose hydroxychloroquine and azomycin, a retrospective case series. And then it had, it was done at three different universities. And uh, here, then they, they had the results, the conclusions. Now, it's the conclusions of this that's important. You can read through the whole scientific study. Here's the highlights. Quote, First COVID-19 outpatient study based on risk stratification and early antiretroviral treatment beginning at the, beginning at the uh, treatment at the beginning of the disease. Low dose hydroxychloroquine that's generally 200 to 400 milligrams with zinc and azithromycin with an effective therapeutic was an effective therapeutic approach against COVID positive. Significantly reduced hospitalization rates in the treatment group positive. Reduced mortality that's death rates in the treatment group positive. So that you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that right now we have something better than a vaccine. We have a treatment, a treatment that can be both used prophylactically before you get the uh, infected to help you if you're a person working in a nursing home, a hospital, if you're around someone else who may be sick. And yet we're not told this. In fact, there's an active campaign prevent you from knowing this information. Why? Well, that's how it all works, unfortunately. But at least you know the truth on this now. So that's just the latest study. 
But so good information has been suppressed by the mainstream media. And also, this is today. This is from Stephanie Baker and Tara Patel, Bloomberg Business News. Quote, the coronavirus vaccine could be the ultimate gateway drug. Quote, in its mid-2021, uh, and people arrived at the airport or a line up to a, uh, attend a concert or a baseball game, they pull out their phones and tap an app that shows whether they're, they've had a coronavirus vaccine or perhaps a test and breeze through the gates. That's the brave new world businesses are contemplating as humanity embarks on the biggest max vaccination program in history. And so it begins. It's not just what you'll be allowed to attend, it's what you'll be excluded from. But it gets worse. This is the British Medical Journal, Elizabeth Mayhouse, clinical news reporter for the British Medical Journal. Quote, Mass testing of people without COVID-19 symptoms is, quote, not an accurate way of screening the general population. I repeat, quote, this is the British Medical Journal, not an accurate way of screening the general population. A senior figure at the Department of Health and Social Care has said in a letter seen by the British Medical Journal, the comments were made by James Bethel, one of England's health ministries, uh, in response to a letter from the Prime Minister raising concerns about blankets, blanket polymers chain reaction testing on behalf of a constituent. In his letter, Bethel stated, quote, swab testing people with no symptoms is not an accurate way of screening the general population as there is a real risk of giving false assurances. Widespread asymptomatic testing could undermine the value of testing as there's a risk of giving misleading results. Rather, only people with COVID symptoms should be tested, end quote. Did you not hear the woman yesterday on this program, a professor, a leading published author, a medical doctor say the same thing and that the PCR test is junk, that they have a new test that is accurate, and when they tested 44,000 people in Liverpool, it was 0.03% positive, and that was just positive. That didn't mean with disease. <clears throat> that could have been an old virus or a virus that was minimally uh, harmful or one that they could proceed to disease with. But it was 90, it meant that 99.97% of the population in that study were not a problem. So why would you test everyone? Let me put it this way. Every single year as school teachers, the flu comes, cold season comes, COVID viruses are in the air. People come down from teachers to students and they get sick. They go home, they take whatever they take, and they rest, hydrate, and uh, they're back generally within a week, two at the most. But not everyone in that class got sick. But everyone in the class was exposed. All the teachers were exposed. Everyone in the school was exposed. What if you did the same thing every year for the flu vaccine in every school that you just did to justify closing down the schools in New York City? Every school would be closed and every person would test positive. Did that mean they were all going to get sick with the flu or a cold? Nope. It meant their immune system was able to handle it. So why are we doing it with COVID? Because it is the agenda. It is leading us towards the Great Reset. It is leading us towards mass, not even questioning being mass tested and then mass, ex, mass excluded if we don't have the tests and can't verify. <clears throat> so it's all bad science at this point. That is not to undermine the legitimacy of the virus or its lethality or the people it's killed. But even that, we have a new article that will be appearing tomorrow <clears throat> showing you, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that now all the experts are looking at all the deaths and saying, these people didn't all die of COVID. You've overinflated your statistics to such a wild extreme. There was never a pandemic. And that would be accurate. So you see, just understand this. Mind you, I just quoted the British Medical Journal. I just quoted 
uh, two different people from the British Medical Journal, none of what I told you will you see in any of the publication in the United States. Oh, and by the way, you think that the Great Reset isn't here? This I'm going to discuss tonight. This is from uh, Dan Robitsky from Futurism. Quote, a new satellite can peer inside buildings day and night. The resolution is so crisp that it can see inside individual rooms. Quote, a few months ago, a company called Capella Space launched a satellite capable of taking clear radar images of anywhere in the world with incredible resolution, even though the walls, uh, even through walls of buildings. And like most of the huge ar array of surveillance and observational satellites orbiting the Earth, its satellite Capella 2 can snap a clear picture during the night or day, rain or shine. Quote, it turns out that half the world is in nighttime, half the world on average is cloudy, and but this doesn't matter. So what does that mean? It means that now they, with the tracking they have, they will know where you're at at any given time 24-7, who you're with, what you're saying, what you're writing, what you're reading. And they can, no matter where you're at, you're in a hotel, you're in a house, you're in an apartment building, you're in a car, they can see right in, crystal clear, and take pictures of you. How's that feel? Who gave them the right to do that? Where's the ACLU? Where are the people like myself who grew up on the progressive liberal perspective, uh, spectrum who find that how is it that, that the agencies of deceit and death and disruption and regime change the CIA, the National Security Agency, the FBI, and all these others. Now these are all being championed as, as the people to believe they're on CNN. What happened that the liberal corporate community betrayed its base? That's why we have to look for the truth, not align with any ideology or body politic. We're going to take a break and come back. I'd like to hear from you if you have been to any of the retreats and like to share your experience because we're going to be doing a retreat as a fundraiser for our sister station, WBAI, who is desperate for funds. They are really, uh, they can't, they can't get it, keep up with their premiums and we're going to try to help them so you all get your premiums. So we're going to take a break and come back. Our talkback number is 888 874-4888. Oh, and by the way, um, we have a new site. It's called GaryAndAll.com, and we're posting all of our articles and documentaries and, and videos uh, on uh, Wikipedia, on COVID-19, on 5G, uh, on GMOs, on all the things that should be of concern to all environmental issues. Plus, we're posting other people's articles and videos as well. We hope to have over a thousand, somewhere between one to ten thousand documentaries on progressive themes posted there over the next twenty-four months, and uh, it's a free service. There's no fee for anything there, and you can go to GaryAndAll.com now. There's still some final steps to take. Some of you may not be able to get on, but uh, because we're still working on some links, but at least it's up and running. And uh, so we have some place for you to go every day, and we have health and nutrition news up there every day, the environmental news every day, all there for your benefit. It's a public service. It provides you with a lot of information. We're going to take a break, come right back, and hopefully we'll have some people on the line who would like to share some experience.
and let's see who I believe we have. Kenny. Hi, Kenny. Do you hear me, Kenny? I hear you, Gary. How are you, bud? Good. Tell us your experience, please. Okay. My experience at the retreats have been nothing but incredible. Um, nothing less than incredible. You may recall that there was a woman that came to one of the retreats. She had MS, and she was she had a walker, and she was there. And two weeks later from when she first came in, she took her first steps without a walker. I mean, where else can that happen in the world where people can have such a great support system and such a springboard to gain back their health and their personal life that you have, you have a woman that had MS 14 years, didn't walk um, without a walker, and suddenly two weeks after was able to walk and take her first steps. I mean, how amazing is that? I mean, you have that. Um, I was able to witness that, plus, you know, my own experience for sure. You know, I've been uh, diagnosed with MS, you know, a little bit over a decade ago, and and I attended your, uh, you know, your programs, and, you know, here I am, 12 years, MS-free, and doing uh, amazing. And going to the uh, retreats that you have over there has been nothing more, nothing less than, than a blessing for my life as well. Um, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny because, let, me see, let me see how good my memory is, and you correct me if I'm wrong. You came to an anti-aging clinical study I did with Dr. Martin Feldman and Luann Panessi. Uh, she believes her name is actually pronounced Luann Panisi, but what does she know? <laughs> so, so, in, in any case, <clears throat> your wife came with you and you needed help up the steps. And you had a board-certified um, neurologist working with you and you were being told what the progression of your illness would be. Uh, and getting ready for the railings to be put around your home. The program lasted 16 months. At the end of that 16 months, not one but two separate groups of board-certified neurologists could find no, uh, no destruction of your myelin sheath, something they'd never seen before, and all symptoms were gone. And from that day till this day, you've been completely free of any multiple sclerosis. You reverse multiple sclerosis. Is that correct or incorrect? That's completely correct. When you were down there at, and, and you came down to do a tune-up, you saw the woman who had been there in a wheelchair for 14 years. She was the wife of a physician. All of her brothers and sisters were physicians. She was from South Africa, and she was the closest friends of Nelson Mandela. They lived across the street from each other. And her family, all of the doctors, Nobody could help her, and she had short time to live. One of the listeners in this audience, I believe from New Jersey, is her cousin and talked her into coming. It was a long flight. I think it was 19 hours. She got there, and, and uh, Charles, one of the staff, was helping lift a leg, and then another person, her cousin, would lift a leg, and she was on the walker just to get her 20 minutes to get into the dining room, and she was right beside the dining room. On the very last day in front of all the guests, including seven medical doctors who just happened to be there as, and one was from Sloan Kettering, one was uh, a woman, a professor from University of Pennsylvania. Uh, what was her name? <clears throat> Come to me in a moment. In any case, I asked her to stand up. She stood up from the wheelchair, set aside the walker, and walked free out into the middle of the room to where I was. Is that accurate or inaccurate? It was an amazing moment to witness, so it is accurate. Yeah. Um, also, there was a young woman, I believe she's around 24, lived up in Harlem. She, she said to walk from her apartment with multiple sclerosis, walk from her apartment to the subway. She would have to rest for hours afterwards. And when she came, on the last day of a two-week stay, she walked 26-mile marathon, came in and filled with energy and joy and muscle strength, no loss of balance. And we have photographs of that. We have a video of that. And that's up on GaryAnall.com. Uh, those are some of the people. Uh, there are more. But, Kenny, I look forward. I want you to come 
as my guest to the upcoming retreat in April to be there to work with those people who want to take another step in their life towards health. Will you come down there in April? Most certainly will. Thank you, Kenny. Look forward to seeing you back there. We have time. We've got to say goodbye to our WBA audience because they're breaking away from the news, but we're going to continue on PRN.FM to the top of the hour. Eduardo. Hi, Eduardo. Hi, Gary. How are you? Good. Tell us your story, please. Yes. Um, during the time I was there, um, last uh, October, uh, I just have to say that I had a great, wonderful time a teaching lesson uh, from us that live up here in the Northeast New York area. I mean, it's a change of life. Uh, just seeing other ways of living, of commuting, of um, just uh, sharing with each other our experiences and basically getting our energy together. I mean, um, I had during those two weeks I had uh, before that I had some problems with my wrist, my hand due to an accident, and all that little by little went away, and uh, I felt great. I mean, I felt my I felt alive throughout all the um, all the time that I was there. Also, got to experience other people's um, improvements, especially. I mean, I was surprised in the anti-aging that uh, was together with us. Uh, they were, the last day, they all did the marathon. I was amazed by seeing everyone that participated and finished it. And some of them even went over the mileage that was required. 36 miles, one gentleman racing, racing, uh, over 70 years of age. Yes. Tell me if this is accurate or not. We haven't spoken, have we? <clears throat> No. Okay. When people come to a retreat, I never diagnose or treat any disease. And I state that in the orientation. I'm there to promote, I'm there to promote wellness. Virtually everything I do is based upon changing our perception to liberate our inner chi and so that the energy exchanges in life go from negative to positive. Correct or not? Yes, very much. So without ever talking about heart disease, arthritis, diabetes, uh, pain, dementia, we have people who come, uh, Luann screens them, and, and if they can have a wonderful experience, if they're able to uh, do yoga, meditation, water aerobics, gourmet meals, uh, vegan meals, um, wonderful cooking demonstrations, classes, and Hydro, now we're adding hydroponics. We have a whole hydroponic farm there and freeze-drying. That's a whole interesting phenomenon for the future. People can partake of this. And, but the most important thing is everything that someone comes with that's negative, we try to transform it into something positive. That's the basis of all my lectures, yes or no? Yes, very much. It was a very, very much learning experience on that. I did 56 lectures in two weeks. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Hard to imagine doing 56 lectures in two weeks, but I do what I believe people need. Did you see a difference in people's attitudes and physical being and energy by the time they left from when they came? Yes, it was a great energy shared by amongst everyone that was there. Well, when you got Barbara Duncan and you've got all the great staff that we have and John and and. It's, I couldn't do it without the staff. It is a joint process, but the energy is, is positive. It's, it's, the energy is what heals. In any case, um, thank you for calling in. We're out of time now. If you'd like to join us, we have, we have, uh, two groups. One's full already. Um, and, but the only two we have left is we have the intense two week that will be there for anti-aging. I mean, lots of good stuff on anti-aging. We've seen remarkable improvements in people in just two weeks. But you've got to be one of those people who's highly motivated, very disciplined, without any negativity. And 
then you'll see some remarkable changes. But then the rest is just a health retreat for people who want to come and enjoy themselves and detox and get be in nature, beautiful flowers. Uh, it's just a very special healing place. So you can call Luann. Her number, 903-881-7008. 903-881-7008. Thank you all for listening. Listen tonight, 7 o'clock. It'll be a real mind-bending show.